Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's WM Phoenix Open. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, happy big game Sunday. Yeah, uh, happy WM Phoenix <laughs> Open Sunday. Right. More like it for me, but um, great tournament, Rick. It was it was really a fun week, and it always seems to show out. We had another playoff, which seems to happen just about every year. Maybe the one day, the one time you don't really want to play off. It's what it's what we get. And uh, big congratulations to Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler gets it done, and we're going to talk a lot about it. But we do know there is a little sporting event going on, so we're going to give this event the respect it deserves. We're going to keep it tight here, Greg, because we've always got next week to dive into uh, how great Scotty Scheffler was, and it was a three-hole playoff that determined the winner of the WM Phoenix Open, a three-hole playoff with Patrick Cantlay, which, by the way, how about that for some firepower, right? A Cantlay-Scheffler playoff? Like, okay, I think I can get behind that on a Sunday. Yeah, and and look at who who narrowly missed out on it, right? I mean, it, it wasn't just those two. You had Shoffley right there, Brooks Kepka right there, uh, Justin Thomas made a run, Hideki Matsuyama was making a run for a little while, and then you had Sahith Thigala, who was who became like the darling of the event. Every, he he became the guy everybody was rooting for. So um, while he may not be looked at right now as firepower, he was the number one amateur in the world and is showing some serious game. I mean, we gave him a little bit of disrespect on Friday, right? Not not really, not intentionally, but he he was at twelve under, and we called the real lead ten under, and he almost won the thing. So I, I was so impressed with him, on, right? I think it makes it that much more impressive because every single week on the PGA tour, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into it, but every single week on the PGA tour, a guy who's ranked 100, 200, 300th is out front on a Thursday or Friday. And seemingly every single week they cough it up. And that did not happen this week. We'll, we'll talk about that, but uh, even more impressive. Scotty Scheffler entered the week as the 15th ranked golfer in the world, Greg, but did not have that PGA tour victory. Goes out and shoots a 62 on Saturday, backs it up with a 67 on Sunday that featured eight birdies, and he had a putt in regulation to win this thing, right? He had about a five-footer on 18 in regulation to win the WM Phoenix Open. Doesn't touch the cup, and I got to admit, Greg, I was like, that might not be great for his playoff chances because it's kind of a hard thing to reset from. No, and I honestly, I, I don't think it was great for his playoff chances. Now, you, he hit a great first putt on 18, but the wedge in wasn't great on the first playoff hole. And then the tee shot on the 
well, really both the second and third, not great. Um, and, and he, he hold a great, he ended up holding a great putt after what was also a sweet up and down in the second playoff hole, Yeah, but it, it wasn't easy by any means. And he was fortunate that Patrick Cantlay wasn't, uh, wasn't super sharp in the playoff either. So, uh, all in all, that was a big moment. And I kind of agree with you. I thought that could be really painful, especially if he didn't go on to win, but look, he, he, uh, as Mark would say, all is well that ends well. He that he's forgotten about that thing. That putt is so long gone from his mind. It's uh, uh, it, so he he's really fortunate not to have to deal with that because that would raise the well. He hasn't won yet. He hasn't won yet. Those conversations were still a little premature, but it was also a compliment because of how Correct. how close he'd been to contention. But now those become real when you've had you've been that close. You've been five feet away from a win and you couldn't get it done, it raises questions. Uh, and fortunately, now he won't have to answer those. Yeah, he was on the short list of golfers, quote, needing a win this year. And the the need comes from, from guys like us. But um, I kind of look at this in a couple different ways because everybody wants to say this is kind of a, you know, waterfall moment. Like the, the dams break. The winds are going to be coming in bunches. And I think the PGA Tour is so deep. Wins in bunches is hard to do for anybody. But Scotty Scheffler, uh, who has not only contended at regular PGA Tour stops, Greg, has contended at major championships, which I think is important. He has four top tens in majors in the last two years. T4, T8 at the last two PGA championships, T7 at the U.S. Open, and T8 at the Open Championship. This is a guy who is very, very comfortable seeing his name atop the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, Houston's a big-time event with, Maybe not the field that we're used to, but a difficult golf course that he played really well. And I think that's another aspect is he, he the Memorial. He was third at, at that event, another big time event. So I think there's more to it than just, um, you know, the work WGC workday at the concession, big time golf course, the match play. You know, these are big time events. You mentioned many of them. So I, I think even beyond majors, when he gets into big time moments, he likes to step up. And he has a tendency of doing that. And I, I don't, I agree with you. I'm not sure this is a floodgates thing. You see floodgates maybe once a year. Yeah, exactly. Where a guy gets on a run. <laughs> you don't see, like we thought Tony Fino. We talk, we talk about it constantly. It doesn't happen that often. No, no. And it, it's so hard to do. And there's only so many tournaments and there's so many great winners out there. I mean, you look at this board of guys who are, proven winners brooks kepka being up there hideki matsuyama being up there um xander shoffley is a four-time winner although he's had struggles of late uh, except for the olympics right he he wins tournaments so you're you're just just he typically doesn't come in bunches so i would i would temper those expectations if it happens great and it could it just it doesn't happen very often Patrick Cantlay, obviously in the playoff with Scotty Scheffler, and had his own chance to get to 17 under par in regulation, did not make that putt on 18 either. How would you describe Patrick Cantlay's play this week? Because it was uh, like, I, there was a moment on Sunday where there was a couple holes left, and I was like, Patrick Cantlay might win this thing. Like, he might just be in this. He was just around and got himself into a playoff. 
So it it's very interesting because um, he didn't he wasn't all over the broadcast. You know, he wasn't hitting great, memorable shots time and time again. He only made one birdie on the yes. second nine on Sunday, right? So, like, what's the marquee shot Patrick Cantlay hit? And you can't really think of one. But he just he didn't make he didn't make any bogeys. He 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 was phenomenal. He made five bogeys for the week. That's pretty good golf on that golf course. He made 19 birdies and he he did make an eagle in round one. So it was steady play. And I think the thing about Patrick Cantlay is the golf course setup was really beneficial for him because he he was keeping the ball in front of him. He could play smart and he didn't have to get it overly aggressive. He could play the right shot and the right shot was it worked. It was the right shot. You don't have to take anything on. You could rely on that putter, which for the first three days was the best in was the best in the field. And he didn't he didn't putt well today. And that's the, it was the first day that he lost strokes. He gained over three over three strokes the first two days. Um, gained a little over a half a shot on Saturday, and then lost a shot and a half today. He ended up, ended the week six in strokes gained putting. But that's really what he relied on. He wasn't, um, aside from off the tee, he was outside the top 20 and everything else. Now it's positive. He gains everywhere else. He's good everywhere else. But um, there was, there was, he didn't have the great ball striking week, the great iron week that you typically see from winners out there. So he, he was very steady, but it just ultimately was one, I mean, one putt, one putt away from winning. It's just how good he is. Well, let's talk about how good he is because I'm running out of adjectives for guys like him and John Rom. So here's the last handful of starts for Patrick Cantlay. He obviously finishes runner up here, loses in a playoff to Scotty Scheffler. AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, T4. American Express, ninth. Tournament of Champions, fourth. Wins the Tour Championship, wins the BMW Championship. I, I mean, I don't own the vocabulary anymore for guys like Cantlay and Rom who are just literal staples. I use that word too much. Literal staples on top of the leaderboard or on the first page. It's it's uncanny how consistently good they are. And I don't think it's going to end next week. But you think about John Rahm. He was nowhere to be found in this event. Nowhere. And all of a sudden, oh, if he makes Eagle here, he's one back. <laughs> like he, he's just right. He just finds himself in the mix. And I think you're going to see a really good stretch for these guys because now you're leaving the birdie fest kind of golf, which it wasn't that way this week. But you're you're leaving that for a while. You go to Riviera. You go to uh, after Riv is Florida, right? All of, all of this correct. We'll be in Florida, yeah. And and that's as tough as it gets. I mean, the Players Championship last year was the easiest course in Florida, hmm. so it's it's difficult golf courses, and that bodes really well for guys who are really well-rounded. And so I'm looking forward to see what they do. Um, I hope they're able to, both of them, pick off a couple of wins and make this kind of le- a little less frustrating because I, I feel like they're leaving the, they're leaving these tournaments frustrated. But that's a good problem to have. You know, they're not backdoor top 10 they're They're in the mix every week. And that's um, it, it can be a stressful thing. But So hopefully they're able to, hold some trophies at the end of one of these weeks. 
I would like to rant about playoffs on the PGA Tour for just one second. Um, TPC Scottsdale has amazing closing holes that have intrigue, that are risk-reward, that have a literal stadium built around them that holds 20,000 people, and yet we played 18, which is a great hole. It's fine. Three times in a row, Greg. I, I get why they do it. But this, this has to stop. Like, you know, you know, when something where like in another sport where, uh, you know, the tuck rule, the tuck rule in football changes the rule moving forward or, yeah. you know, something happens and, and, and it changes a rule or changes the way a league or, or, or an organization handles things. Uh, I know a three hole playoff where we played 18, three times is not that moment, but like something needs to happen where we change the, the, the routing of, of playoff holes. The, the, um, the interesting thing about this week is you're always right up against the Super Bowl. So you're going to watch even when this event ends in a playoff, you hope it's one hole and then you click right over and watch the kickoff of the Super Bowl. Um, the big game, but he, in this game. case, <laughs> who, I mean, what do you do? So the, the ideal thing, I, if I were going to come up with a strategy here, I would do three hole aggregate 16, 17, 18, Okay. And kind of like they do at the open championship, although that may be maybe four holes. Um, but they they all have their different playoff formats. And you can adjust it. And this would be a perfect place for that. There's so much volatility. You're probably not gonna extend that playoff. I mean, maybe you are, but you're but it's it's unlikely. There's there's way more opportunities for birdies and bogeys and eagles in in, in that three hole stretch. 18 uh, can get boring quick with a bad tee shot, yeah. which is cool. Um, but at the same time, it's it is a great hole. It, it's a great finishing playoff hole. Great hole. You got to drive it well. Problems. Yeah, there's yeah. It, it's a tough tee shot. We we saw that. Even if you miss, you're able to get it on the green from a lot of spots. Um, but you feel like if you hit it in the fairway, you got to you got to stuff it in there, and you you have that opportunity. So I I like the I like the playoff hole. But um, th those two holes before are just so cool and so unique. It, it's hard to leave them out. I would, I would, I'm with, I'm on a similar page as you. I'd keep it sudden death, but I would play 16, 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, 16, 17, 18 until, until it's over. Right. I mean, it's more natural to go 16, then walk 17, not play 18, get in a cart, drive back, play 18, get in a cart drive back and when you're playing different holes like yeah it's it's probably not it's probably not gonna last very long when you start mixing it up when these guys st start hitting i mean they're they're standing there on 18t for now the fourth time in 35 minutes like something like that right, right. Like they just hit that shot they've just hit all these shots change it up on them yeah the thing is if you go there there's no real situation and it's it's almost too definite okay he missed the fairway i need to hit the fairway whereas right. if you're if you're playing with a one-shot lead you may hit a different club uh we saw lee we saw webb simpson hit five wood off that tee but you, you might do something like that um if you're one down you may take a different line there, there are different things you can do 17 would be different if, if it were aggregate where okay he made birdie on 16 i made par i got a play a little more aggressive here and hey i maybe i can play to the front right corner the strategy may change in an aggregate format which is why i like it but it's up against the super bowl so you can't do it that's why i agree with you 
you have to go. I mean, maybe you do 18 and then you go 16, 17, 18. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Try, try to get it over with on whatever, whatever hole you want, give it one shot. And then you got, you want it to end on 18. Sure. Just, you know, it's that, that's where your celebration is. That's where the interviews are set up. Everything. Same time. I understand where you're coming from and everybody else on Twitter going nuts about that too. Um, the man who arguably stole the tournament, Sahith Tagala, the 318th ranked player in the world before the week. You mentioned it, acclaimed uh, amateur, had a great college career, but uh, Greg, this was nearly wire to wire. I don't know like how to accurately describe how interesting, weird, impressive this week was. Remember, he had to finish his second round on Friday morning. He immediately made two bogeys in a row. That could have been a point where he ejected. He backed it up with a 64 in his second round. Um, he played in the final group with Brooks and Xander on Saturday and admitted to being starstruck. And then he goes out and shoots a 70 um, on Sunday, which, listen, he makes a couple of birdies early. He had a couple of holes late where he just kind of like there were moments where this could have slipped through his fingers well before the final couple of holes and he never let it happen he was he was so impressive ice in his veins for the entirety of this thing well we talked about the real lead being 10 under on friday night he was at 12 under then the second hole he makes double uh, right yeah. away up yeah. back. And so it happened, right? Like what we talked about actually happened, but he didn't eject. And he became part of the story again with birdies at six, seven and nine. And it, it was um, incredible. He reminds me a lot of Scotty Scheffler, actually. Mm. They kind of have a, you unique know, a swing, unique swings, active, active with their feet. That's a good word. I'm not yeah. sure he's as accurate as Scotty Scheffler off the tee. He's definitely not. I mean, he sprays it off the tee, but he has fun with, he, he accepts it. He appreciates it. He, he grinds and works it out. So he's a, he's a really fun story. You look at, I mean, he only, he hit 50 greens. He hits 13, 12, 14, 11 greens on Sunday. And he's able to just kind of hang in there and stay in the mix. And he scrambles his, he scrambles his tail off. And it, so it, it's really fun for me to watch. And, um, and the break on 17 was just that's that, brutal. That ball didn't belong in the water. That, that was, was tough. That was a low cutting bullet right at the middle of the green, bounces hard and bounces left into the water on 17. He can't get up and down uh, from basically greenside there to make par. So he ends up making bogey and he finishes one shot out of the playoff. That was um yeah, it, it didn't deserve that. Did not deserve that kick. No, and any other kick, he probably wins the, the event. Seriously, he probably does. I mean, maybe even if, he, 18... even, if he makes par on, even if he makes par on 17, he gets into a playoff, likely. Yeah. I mean, the putt, the putt for par on 18 changes a lot. The tee shot changes a lot. 18 changes a lot if he makes... But any other kick, he's making birdie there at 17. Really, any other kick. Aside from the water, if it stay, if it just hung up there, he's probably making birth. It, uh, it, it was just, it was tough to watch, but I love seeing the crowd get behind him on 16. I love seeing him pump him up and ask yes. for more, yes. right? That was cool. And, In the moment, and, yeah. trying to get your first win. The guys play into the crowd. It was like WWE stuff. I loved yeah. it. It was perfect. 
And it was it was innocent. It wasn't, yes. you know, he's not taking his shirt off or anything. Not, nothing <laughs> we'll crazy, right? He's just, he, he's having fun with it the way it should be. And he's so respectful in, in his interviews and his press conferences. He was so emotional after this, which I wouldn't have made anything of if I haven't heard him, if I hadn't heard him speak before. But just hearing how appreciative he is to be out here, seeing his emotion after made it all feel that much more real. Felt everything feels genuine with him, which is cool to see. You do not see professional golfers uh, miss out on a playoff by one shot and stand there with their family, uh, uh, teary-eyed. Right? You you just don't see it. It's it's how important it is to everybody, but to in that moment to to show it. Uh, remember, he was a sponsor's invite. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of what he's playing on. He'll be in the field uh, again next week. So I think it's like five or six weeks in a row for him. There is just so much on the line for these guys that are, you know, not all named Scheffler, Cantlay, Kepka, Shoffley. Yes. And um, look, it, this is the dream, right? It, it's the, it's the entire dream your whole life. And you're, he had kind of a strange situation happen in college. He's number one amateur in the world. And it, Pepperdine is this great team looking to win a national championship and they can't play. And and he goes on to professional golf and they win a national championship the next year. It'd be easy to feel like you got kind of left out of that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He's wearing a Pepperdine jersey on 16, right? Support, which of course he is. But, um, but it, it, his attitude is refreshing it's a breath of fresh air and i think he's going to become a fan favorite for a long time all right a couple other big names here and we can just take this any way you want here greg brooks kepka finishes t3 shoots a sunday 69 uh you mentioned it john rom kind of flew up the leaderboard late he notches another top 10 jt flies up the leaderboard finishes t8 hideki was there as well i mean it it lived up to the hype is there any anybody in particular or anything noteworthy from kind of the first page and a half of the leaderboard that we should talk about i think kepka is a really interesting story uh kepka ends up one shot out of the playoff um hold a nice putt on 18 but he he gave this tournament away he really gave it away. He had two three putts where he's hitting it eight and nine feet past the hole from 45 feet. And I get that the greens are fast. And I'm not saying you're never going to three putt. But blowing it eight, nine feet by is um, not not winning golf. And then, so if, if he two putts both of those, he wins. Um, and then he has two wedge opportunities from inside of 145 yards that he, he misses the green short. He leaves it short of the green, kind of inexcusably, short and right. And he hits it over the green on 16, and which maybe that was a function of the situation, and he need, needs to press a little bit more. But it just felt like it was sloppy mistakes that cost Kepka, and he should have he should have won this thing. He should have been in control from the very beginning. Two three putts, two poor wedge shots are the the four moments that stand out to me that cost Kepka the tournament. I don't want to say is this like a uh, you know floodgates moment because that's crazy to say, but like, are we gonna start seeing better golf from Brooks Kepka outside of major championships and the WM Phoenix Open, right? Like, because engaged engaged Brooks is 
one of the best players in the world. Uh, yes. Unengaged Brooks is like the 130th best player in the world. And, and we've talked about this a lot, right? Brooks's effort equals his success. And if he, if he's, and I like that word you use engaged, that's a perfect word when he's locked in, he's one of the most, more interesting competitors to watch because he is one of the best players in the world, but he competes and he competes hard, but he, he's not as perfect as a, a Rom or a Cantlay where you just kind of, I can't believe how, how good he is. You just, I admire the competitor in Brooks more so than the talent, which, which is a, unique aspect there are guys where you admire both i admire both with john rom but the talent outweighs the competitiveness for me with kepka it's the other way around and i just feel like he's getting it done with will um and and it, he kind of let it slip this weekend and really the cool thing was on thursday and friday that iron play was and the putting was winning brooks more so the iron play than the putting but this is brooks's recipe for winning and it just, it, it went away. I mean, he hit 15 greens on Thursday, 17 greens on Friday. And he's gaining over two shots in both of those rounds. And then he hits nine greens on Saturday, losing strokes. And hits 11 greens on Sunday, losing 2.3 strokes approaching the green. Like, what, what happened? Where did this flip come from? So that was a little disappointing. Yet he finishes one shot out of the playoff. So I'm, I, I don't know that we know enough yet, Rick, because he plays so well here so often. Uh, or, well, he's won here twice. The other two have been average. But I, I'm not sure this is a sign yet that you're going to see Brooks Kepka around in events. His words have been have said he, he'll be around. I just, I'm, I'm not sure we're there yet. Kepka made five birdies in his last eight holes, including. 17 and 18 and that was not good enough to get him into a playoff because yeah there was a couple of loose shots out there it could it could this could have been a it's gonna be a three-shot victory for kepka right yeah like, that, like very it, very easily could have been um you're not gonna play perfect like we we talked about with right. kyle last week right you got to play perfect golf to win it seems he didn't have to but the mistakes that he made were so so simple the, I mean, the wet shot to miss the green like that is, and he got him up and down, but it just, it, their, their birdie, their opportunities lost. And you can't afford that. It adds stress everywhere else. And then, and the putting, I mean, he, he left a couple short that were makeable. Um, one was right on the edge short. That was a great oh, yeah. putt, but yeah. you know, the speed control is you go from hitting it, hitting it eight, nine feet by, from 45 feet on two occasions. And then you come up two and a half feet short from 20 feet on a very makeable occasion. And then the, the speed control just wasn't there. And, and he didn't have to pour it in. He didn't have to do a Patrick Cantlay at the tour championship. He just had to two putt. And it, it's crazy when you look back on an event, how those mistakes seem so silly. You feel like you got to make stuff and get the momentum going and you got to make birdies to win. But sometimes you, sometimes you got to let it come to you. And, um, and, and he didn't, he didn't do that today. Maybe that's a sign of his form, which is unfortunately my lean right now. I just don't, 
I don't think he's ready for a win yet, but he will be soon. He will be soon. Um, I tend to agree. Some of the shots that he hit over the first couple of rounds, I mean, that that approach play, we've talked about it as well. You know, when, when he's striking the heck out of it, uh, that's when he's at his best. And I saw some really, really good shots from him this week. Uh, I want to get to some odds and ends, but I am, I am vamping here, Greg, because I'm about to add uh, fuel to the fire. Although I think I need maybe a little bit more time. Tom Hoagie, Tom Hoagie made the turn, Greg. And I thought Tom Hoagie might win back-to-back weeks. You know, he goes however long uh, between wins and he might snap off and, and, and win two in a row. He is really coming into his own. Someone that we talk about a lot on the first cut podcast, especially on those, on those Monday previews, but how yeah. impressive was he? He was super impressive. And again, it's a perfect, you know, we talk about how important iron play is here. Uh, when it gets firm and fast like that, it's super important. And he put himself right in the mix and you didn't really see him at all through the week. I mean, he's seven under through two rounds and that's five back. And then all of a sudden he's in the mix and it kind of, it kind of snuck up on you. So I was really, really impressed with that comeback performance for him. All right. Now let me add a little bit of fuel to the fire. That was a very professional job we did, Greg, to buy us uh, 60 seconds or so. Let me bring in Kyle Porter, KP. Welcome, bud. How are we doing? Doing great. What's up? What a week. What crazy week, man. We had we had one guy. I I posted this after the round, but we had one guy named Hoffman swishing pee in his mouth and another guy named Hoffman posting poo on Instagram. So (laughs) that's how you know it's a full week. That frames the week really well. I mean, where, where, where do you want to go? What do yeah, you want to talk so, about? So we've um, we've covered the leaderboard. I was going to turn uh, our attention to kind of the antics around 16. However, uh, this is potpourri for you. If you want to talk about Sahith, if you want to talk about Scotty, or like, listen, whatever, wherever you want to go, we're happy to take you there. Yeah, Thagala was, uh, man, so, such, he was so endearing, right? He was yeah. so endearing yeah. because I think that, I think one of the problems when you come out on tour and if if you're if you're too in awe, we're like, oh, this this guy's like he he's never he's he's a clown. Like he's never been here before. He doesn't he doesn't get it. But then on the other side, if you're too cocky, we're like, who who is this guy? Like who does this yeah. guy think he is? Right. And he walked that line of like being kind of like wondrous over the fact, wow, I'm on the PGA tour. I've got I'm playing with Kepka in the final round yeah. of a tournament he won last year. Uh, but then also like self the self-confidence of like, yeah, and actually I belong here. Like I'm a good player. And I think that's, he made it look easy and it's not as easy as he made it look. And I think that combination is super endearing. He both, uh, admitted to being starstruck about his Saturday pairing. And then with two and a half holes to go looking for his first career victory was, was egging the crowd on yeah, at, yeah. at 60. Like that is, that's both sides of the coin. <laughs> totally. And in a way that, that was again, like really, um, it was just fun. And, and I, I posted this on Twitter too, but it was such a contrast, like his roller coaster of emotions was such a contrast to the last two weeks of this, like, soulless how much bitcoin are we going to pay bryson to go to saudi arabia to play in these tournaments with no fans or whatever you know and like it was like okay well we can have that but man i want the the sahith sagala i knew i would screw his name up but i want that story like that's that's what like golf is about and professional golf should be about and I'm just, I'm excited about him. It was funny, like him and Scheffler being in the final, it was 
who him, Scheffler, and Kepka in the final pairing? I think that's right. Yeah. How is Brooks yeah. like six years older than either of them? <laughs> they, they, Tagala and Scheffler both look like I think older than Brooks looks, especially with the blonde hair. But yeah, they yeah, might. They might. It's a good it was, point. It was a uh, it was a fun week. I felt bad for the Tagala at the end. I mean, the shot on seventeen. I'm sure you guys talked about it. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a great shot. I don't think. But it was also a little bit of like. Uh, it, it, he said it was like I, I can't. I think he said like a yard like to the right, and it would have ended up pretty good. But he went for it, man. Like he went for it. He went out and tried to 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 jump up and take a PJ Tour event from like four or five top twenty guys in the world, and that's that's big time. Uh, you know what, Greg? Let's talk. We did talk about that shot, but like he hits that um, fade slash cut slash slice, depending on how bad. Like like that's he's probably thinking at seventeen. There's no chance I can hit it in the water here. Like there's just no chance. This is just not in my range of outcomes. And I don't think he hit a shot bad enough to go in the water. We talked about how kind of unlucky it is, but um, you know, walk me through standing on the tee box there with kind of his shot shape and what he's been up to all day. Um, that shot shape is one thing for sure. Uh, fading it off the waters, definitely a factor, but he was also in a hybrid and he hit, he had two hybrid there. So that club isn't going to fade as much as a driver. It's got more loft on it. I think they said 16 degrees aloft, but you're also with that club. You're not really trying to get it much past the front of the green. So it, it was clearly, it clearly came off hot. I mean, it had a ball speed that would be a pretty good driver. I think it was 169, which is a crazy for a, for a hybrid. So he blast, I mean, it's a like 330 yard shot. He's ripping hybrid there. Now you have adrenaline and it's really fast, so it lands well short of that three thirty number. But, um, but still, I I thought it was a really bad kick. I I, I don't think it was the wrong decision, um, and I don't think that ball belonged in the water, even though I mean it, it's a yard a yard left of where he wanted to. I I I didn't see that. I I saw balls there end up fine. So I guess just a little hot and a hair left, I guess, but I thought it was just a bad kick. Quite it frankly, looked, it looks so good coming off the face. Like as soon as I saw the flight, I was like, Oh, he just won the tournament. Yeah. And, and then it takes that kick and you're like, Oh, he just, I think he just lost the tournament. Actually. Like right. it was like that five seconds or whatever that it was in the air was, was the difference in the tournament. Honestly, I think it's probably, amazing. I mean, it, like the way it, the, 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 the flight on it looked like, okay, it's going to be what middle of the green, back of the green, probably at, Two putt birdie. I mean, pretty straightforward, and it just didn't didn't go that way. But um, still, just a just a I think a week for him that he will remember for a long time. And I felt like he kind of won the week, even though he didn't win the tournament. He definitely, I mean, gained. I, I don't know what is. I think he moves up to like eighty fourth in the FedEx Cup points. He's going to be playing next week. Like, yeah, he he gained a lot uh, in in fans and in kind of financials. Actually, uh, our friend Brooksy is in the midst of a Super Bowl commercial right now as we speak. Uh, let's talk about some of the things going on at sixteen. Real real quick, can I say something sure. on Scheffler? I know you guys already talked about Scheffler, but real quick on him, I thought it was ironic and kind of funny that like this guy that we for so long have been like expecting to win, expecting to win, expecting to win kind of won when we least expected it. Right. He barely yeah. makes the cut 62 on Saturday. He was kind of out of it 
like after the front nine, I mean, not out of it, but he was kind of like a, he, he was kind of forgotten about after the front nine. And then all of a sudden, Scotty Scheffler's bumping his fist on a 26 foot birdie on the third playoff hole and yelling at Ted Scott. And we're like, oh, Scheffler just won. It, it was just, it, I thought it was the irony of him, like us expecting him to win, expecting him to win. Where is it? Where is it? And then it, and then it just kind of came out of nowhere. It was kind of funny. Yeah, and then and then he has a putt to win and misses it from five feet. Gosh, you're like, oh, was, see, it wasn't even close. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Didn't touch the cup. Uh, Sixteen on Sunday, we not only got an ace the day after Sam Ryder made it rain, thanks to Carlos Ortiz, but for what I assume is the first time in golf history, uh, a golfer, Joel Damon, in this situation took off his shirt and swung it around his head like this, which I imagine has never happened in the game of Sick. golf before. Harry Higgs, part of the antics. It was just, um, uh, KP, there is no other scene like this in the golfing world. It is unique to that par three at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, but my, I, I've, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of, not a lot, but I think there's probably some pushback from people about 16 of like, oh, this is not, you know, the Nick Saban, is this what we want golf to be? And um, I mean, listen, golf doesn't need to be more serious, I don't think. So like that, that's not it. The, the problem, the problem with 16 is that you're never like, you're expecting this collection of people to like walk this line where you're like, okay, we want it to be super fun, but not too fun. And then also like not too, like you're wanting them to walk this line. That's never going to be walked. So I'm okay with like, if you're going to err, err on the side of like, okay, maybe we don't need to be throwing bottles when JT's chipping in for birdie like that, like the Sam Ryder thing for sure, whatever you want to do, do it, but we don't need it like 10 times a, 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 a day, like a round. But that that's like the collateral damage of having a really fun hole like that, right? Is is like you're gonna get get people that go too far the other way, and I'm fine with that. Like if that's the if that's like the fallout from it, whatever. Like it's it just is. I don't know. This tournament was so much fun, and again, maybe I'm contrasting it to the last few weeks of like, oh, let's take a ton of money and go play these dumb events in other parts of the world where it, it, it's not like this. And it was like, man, how, why would you give, I know it's a ton of money, but why would you give this up? It just was, it just was so much fun this week. Um, I tend to agree. It was a blast. I think the 16th hole is really fun and it stands out and it puts, at least from what I've seen, I mean, it puts golf in a week where, Golf shouldn't even be relevant in the sports world. Yeah. And it makes it relevant in the sports world. Now, all that being said, they, they, you shouldn't be throwing beer cans onto the sur playing surface in any sport. It's, it's just <laughs> never, you know, that's you're, true. You're, that's true. Literate, right. It's just, it's crazy. And yeah, it's not, I, it's not that, a golf thing. It's just a sports thing. Right. It, and it's, I, I'm not a fan of that. And the other thing is it, that that is going to become a tradition. And so now you've got this train because it, it happened once with Sam Ryder and it was applauded and it's, it's um, encouraged. And now it happens when JT chips in, as you mentioned, Kyle, it happens when Harry Higgs 
you know, flashes the crowd. It, it, it happens. <laughs> it, all of a sudden, it's just going to happen for any possible instance. And it, it takes 15 minutes to clean up. The uh, the Higgs having a shirt over his head might be the cover to normal sport, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably your inspiration. Okay. Can I say this? And I've been wanting to say this all week. I didn't. I feel like if you if you I might write it, but if you put it on Twitter, it's not you, there's not enough nuance to like explain what I'm talking about. I feel like. So, like, we all have criticisms of the PGA Tour, right? And I think some of them, most of them are fair. Some of them are maybe unfair because we don't understand how all of it works. Um, and we're just guys on the internet trying to make funny jokes and, like, do a good job covering the sport. The funny, the fun, I don't know if funny is the right word. The, the, the most interesting part of the last two or three weeks is how much free like unbelievable advertising the pga tour has gotten from people like us being like like wait a second you guys want to go do the saudi thing or go overseas or whatever what about this league what about this tour like all these like smart funny people that i follow are like just writing as hard as they can for the BGA tour because it's in contrast to like all this other stuff that could be going on that we're like, no, like th this is awesome. And maybe we would normally be doing that anyway, but I, I feel like everybody's kind of taken up the cause of the PGA tour and they didn't even ask for it. They've just like, they're just continuing to do what they do. Some of it great and some of it lacking and not you know, maybe, maybe where they could improve, but I just, I have found that to be a really interesting unintended, I guess, benefit of kind of like what's been talked about with Phil and, and Bryson and everybody else. We're, we're all evolving. Apparently we're, uh, we're figuring it out as we, as we go here, I'm basically all for whatever happens at 16 and there's going to be things that are probably over the line and all that stuff as they kind of figure this out. Patrick Cantlay's putt on 16 most definitely hit a divot that was made from a beer can like legit yeah. popped his ball up in the air an inch and a half like that definitely happened. So yeah, not good throwing that out there but it probably would have come up about two revolutions I, short like every putty had on the back nine <laughs> i think it was running out of steam anyway but yes uh did not get lost on me that that was at 16 um all right gentlemen here's what we're gonna do i gotta get you out of here soon because we got we got things happening so what i'll do is we got to go over our best bets and I don't have the updated one and done stuff because producer Jacob usually adds that up for me, but we can cover that uh, quickly as well. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And we're back. Best bets. We did okay. Mark was the only loser. Denny McCarthy over Harris English and Keegan Bradley. Uh, English with Drew. Bradley finished T26 and won that one. I had Webb Simpson. No, I had Adam Scott over Webb Simpson, which I should get credit for, but I do not because Webb Simpson withdrew before the week started. Greg, uh, Gooch did not play well. Taylor Gooch did not play well on Sunday, but he had plenty big enough of a cushion to cash you a plus 110 ticket of Gooch over Ricky Fowler and Brandon Grace. I, I just had no confidence with where Grace and Fowler's game was. And I had a ton of confidence in where Taylor Gooch's game is. And we talked about him on Monday being the most mispriced player. Which I, you know, you mentioned that Rick and I agree. And, and so I kind of took the recent form over course history view because there was such a stark difference between them. And that's why the lines were set where they were. So happy to happy to get that win, but it felt like an easy one. Every so often Kyle comes with a best bet. That's like John Rahm to finish inside the top 20 Colin Morikawa to finish inside the top 10. And everybody in the comments says, Kyle, you stink. You're boring. You're a chalk monster. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Here we go again. Kyle padding his wallet while being a chalk monster. Yeah. I mean, listen, like I'm going to give you more cow to win the open at 40 to one every once in a while. But a lot of it, like, like I think people, this is not a, we're not playing like a short term game. This is we're playing the long game here. Like we're trying to, we're trying to win what? 54% of the time, 53% of the time. It's the, it's the best bet, right? The Yeah. And this the is most this is, likely to happen. This is part of the deal. It's, yeah, you're not going to win, you know, $30,000 betting on John Rahm to finish in the top 20, but you're going to, you're going to like, I don't know why I'm, I'm not even like that serious about like betting. I don't know why I'm going off on this, but like it, it's, it's part of like the game is like, you got to, you, you, you don't just like when you're investing, you don't just bet on like penny stocks, right? You got some Apple in there. You got some Amazon in there. You know, what's going to happen or you think you do. So that's what, yeah, because at least you didn't use the Facebook example. They lost like 25%. Well, of that, was, week, that was that was that was that was Victor Hov, Victor Hovland was Facebook oh, this week. As we'll, as we'll get to in a minute. Oh no, we have to, don't we? I hate this part. Okay, well, one and done update. I don't have the updated standings. Let's be real. Producer Jacob goes and finds the payouts, he puts them in the outline. But what I can tell you is that Kyle, uh, you had Daniel Berger this week, which I thought was a fairly uh, apt strategy to take the guy coming off kind of the missed cut, not really knowing what was going on and being different. You were indeed the only person who had him. However, he failed to make the cut. Not good. 
just a bummer too because you're wasting like a top you're wasting some i mean how many how many times has he not finished in the top 10 or in the top how many missed cuts does he have in the last since the start of 2021 it can't be that many like three four i can get you the actual answer here he has his last missed cut before this one <laughs> oh no I, I it was the masters okay. uh then it was this event last year <laughs> so so one cut in a Perfect. year Perfect. <laughs> but awesome. the other thing is, I mean, when he goes to Memphis, he he is Apple, right? He's he's Amazon at in Memphis. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. That's a that's the yeah, killer but, when, but when my, you have like a lock somewhere and yeah, you lose him with a missed cut. And my problem is that I everybody's going to pick him for Memphis, and that does me no good because I'm in last place. So, yeah, it's a great point. But I'm just saying, there's places you know you can get more out of Burger. Totally. And you try to. Like I've done that with Web. I think I did that with Webb last year, maybe even this year. Sia Najad got some money, an amount of money that I don't know, but uh, an amount that was paid out to a two-way tie for T8, T8 for Justin Thomas. Uh, so good, good call there, Sia. Jacob and I, um, we got hit with the market correction, Greg. The the market correction got us here. Victor Hovland, hottest golfer on the planet, uh, misses the cut. And now Jacob and I are, we're hurting. We're hurting. We're going to have to, we're going to have to, you know, continue to, you know, not panic, not sell everything at a loss. We're going to just have to buy all the way back up, try to rebuild our portfolio. That stings. Really, I mean, that. I thought you really were going to say something like positive to make stings. me feel good. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. No. I don't have. Do you, I, I don't do you, have anything. Do you generally like taking guys, Rick, that have never played in the event before? I think it depends, right? So young guys, I don't care as much, right? Because they might have only played it once. Uh, golfers that are improving rapidly, like even like a Seamus Power, outside of like the last two years, do you really care about his course history or like Max Homa has kind of, you know, taken himself to a different tier. So it, 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 it was fairly uncharacteristic of me, Kyle, but I would have only done it with a young guy or someone who kind of took a big leap recently. You picked the wrong, you, you took the wrong top 10 player. Who's never played this event before. That is correct. I got, I got whooped zero bucks. <laughs> <laughs> zero bucks for me and jacob and i think i'm i think i'm at five weeks in a row where i have not made a dollar oh that's brutal you know i can hang my hat on the win from last year but it does not feel like it i feel like i'm you'll definitely keep bringing it up though i yeah. have to i have to because it's all i have at this point. yeah that's all all your credibility hangs I have to, the next six months or whatever i've got to milk it because that's yeah. all i've got and then even when I lose, then after this year, I've got nothing. So I'm going to be in big trouble. Oh, you still do. You still won last year. I'll be like, remember two years ago when I won this whole thing? Yeah. You can just blame it on coach taking over, even though since coach took over, I've seen, we've seen, he's like a CEO. You see, like once he becomes the CEO, you never see him again. Right. <laughs> right. He moves out of the bullpen and he gets the corner office. And then, you know, you don't know what his hours are. Yeah. And he goes down the back, you know, the back stairwell. You don't know if he's here or you, not. You've got some, you've got some fall guys to put it oh, on. Boy. So you're good. Greg, been on a little bit of a heater. Rom a couple of weeks ago, can't lay Hideki T8 for Hideki. This is like three weeks in a row where you're not, you're not thrilled, 
but you probably should be pretty happy with the outcome. Um, well, this is a lot like my strategy when I won two years ago. <laughs> Don't let anybody forget. <laughs> uh, it, it has worked out to a degree, but you're right. There's just a little bit. I don't know where I am. I'm, I know I'm not winning, uh, or I, I probably didn't even really move in the standings. I, my hope is that I inched a little closer, um, but it's an inch, and I'm losing some big, some some big bullets. But this is a good place to play Hideki. So of the last three, I'm probably most satisfied with this one. I feel like it was a, you know, pretty. It was pretty good. It just, it, you know, one more birdie and it's great. Big update here from Coach, who started the week 1.4 million behind Mark. And he picked Xander Shoffley, who finished one shot out of the playoff and in a tie for third, which would normally be worth big bucks. However, gentlemen, it's not called a two and done. It's called a one and done. And coach has already used Xander. <laughs> I just, I hate that for him. <laughs> Me too. He used him at the CJ cup for $116,000. And he will be receiving zero count them zero dollars for this week. Do not, do not pass. Go do not collect $200. Go directly to jail. Yeah, it's just it, I'm so bummed for him. This is uh yeah, me too. I'm I'm feeling so sorry. Uh the <laughs> the funny thing is, we used to just like give the picks on the show or text them in and I would generally check the spreadsheet and be like, "Oh, Kyle, you've already used that guy. Like pick somebody else or whatever." But now that coach makes us <laughs> submit them anonymously, no one was around to tell him that he already used them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When the when the rule changes, when the when the rule changes, bite the commissioner who made them. <laughs> Somebody stinks. needs to protect the players around this here. Is this is a, this is, yeah, this is full circle. This is like, <laughs> hey, you 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 think you want to run the league, and then it doesn't go well when you do. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll have to get into that Charlie Hoffman stuff next week. We'll, we'll get oh around to gosh. that. Um, Mark at the top over, I think he was at over five million. Maybe Jacob did update these. No, I don't think he did. No, uh, he was in five. He was five plus. He was at five million already. Yeah. Okay. So he went with Jordan speed T60. That's going to be worth like, I don't know, 16 grand, 15 grand, something like that. So really no movement from uh, Mark. What? I don't even, I, when did I see a shot of speed this week? Did I see a shot of speed this week? He holed out from a bunker for Eagle, Eagle or something. I saw that. I saw a couple swings on Thursday and Friday from him, but not nothing over the weekend. I thought he was going to make a move. I don't love this course. I know he played well here last year, but I just, I don't know why. I don't love this course for him. Hmm. WM Phoenix Open in the books. We had to Riviera next week for the Genesis <laughs> Invitational. The best. I'll be there. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. The field. Rick, Rick's, Rick's in the field. Rick will be there. (laughs) Could you imagine? It's going to be awesome. So Heath again. Oh God. I got Rory. Is Rory playing? I think he's, I think it's everybody's playing. It's stacked. It's absolutely stacked. Anything else before we get out of here? That is not hmm. Charlie Hoffman. Oh gosh. We don't have time. We got to go watch Jamar chase and, yeah, uh, big day for uh, my guys down in Highland Park. Matt Stafford, Scotty Scheffler, big Highland Park day. Uh, Huge. 
So, so as we are live right now, it's halftime, and it's okay. thirteen ten Rams. Perfect. Hope, I'm gonna, hope you weren't DVRing it or anything. I'm gonna uh, go. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bengals. Burrow and Jamar Chase. What do you think, Greg? Uh, this is so hard. I feel like it's meant to be for the Rams. I'm gonna stick with them. But it, but this is not the way I thought. Rams going in with you at the helm, Rick. Thank um, you. Yes. But, yes. Uh, Pulling um, double duty tonight. This is crazy. I mean, you've done the first half and the first guy podcast at the same time. I, I thought that the Bengals, if they kept it close, Burrow's just you know kind of like Patty Ice, and and it just. But I don't know. I'm just sticking with the Rams. How's that for the, analysis? I think the uh, the long halftime. I think that benefits the better coach, which I probably think is Sean McVay. Extra time to to coach him up, make the adjustments. I think the Rams win it. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think my pick is more of a heart pick. I'd love to see the the Bengals and yeah, I don't so know. They're I, just I they're 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 fun. They're also I think the hard part is like they're younger. It's almost like if I don't know, when you have like a 22-year-old that loses the Masters to like a 38-year-old. Mm. Right. Cause like the, really? the Rams, yeah, you'll be back. <laughs> yeah. And like with the Rams, you're like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, you don't have any picks and you're all getting old. And yeah, you know, this year, next, next couple of years might be your kind of your window. So why, why are we breaking down this game right now? What are we doing? Yeah, we're leaving. We're not. Okay. That'll <laughs> do it for this uh, week's recap for the first cut. We'll be back on Monday to break down the Genesis Invitational. But for now, you can follow Greg Ducharme on Twitter at The Real GFD. And you can find Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. And we'll catch you next time. docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.